I am so excited. This is a wonderful time of year that we are entering into, that we have, have wrapped up Thanksgiving, and everybody's excited. So as you find your seats, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be doing essentially Bible drill. I don't know if you grew up in a church that had Bible drill, but we're going to be all over the place. If you're like panic, if you just got nervous in that, don't worry. The verses will be on the screens for you, so you don't have to thumb through your Bible, all of it, but that is definitely welcome. But this morning, we are going to look at this idea of thanksgiving every day in every way. Not just the one day of the year, but at this, this mentality of thanksgiving every day in every way. So I have to first off think, am I thankful? Are we generally thankful? It's, or is it just something that pops up every year in November that you start seeing all the Christmas ads come through and the Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Small Business Saturday and whatever else they've come up with to take your money. Is that the, the precursor? Is that the alarm bells? Is that the, the thing that triggers your mentality to say, it is time to start getting thankful? For, maybe for you it's football season. Start talking about bowl games and the Big 12 championship game. For some, that is applicable for others. I'm sorry. That's not in my notes. I didn't mean to bash any team. But maybe that's what starts triggering this idea and this mentality of being thankful. But then I have to think, are we thankful no matter what? Am I thankful every day and in every way? No matter what, no matter when. So this morning, we're going to look, like I said, we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. And it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This morning we are going to examine four areas to be thankful in and to be thankful for. And you may be saying, oh my goodness, four points. It's okay. I talk fast. I move around a lot. So it, it won't be long. But we're going to think through and we're going to examine four different areas in our lives that we can ensure that this holiday season, and not just encapsulated in just the holiday season, but from this day forward, that we are thankful in every day, in every way. So, First thing is, if you're taking notes, if you have the church app, the notes are in there, fill in the blanks, all the verses are listed there as well. But if you're taking notes, first thing is, thank God for what you have. You might be saying, this is a very broad idea. This is a very broad thought. This is true. But I feel if we are truly going to examine all that we have, if we're going to truly be thankful, we must look at and start thinking about all the things that the Lord has blessed us with. All the things that we have as individuals, as a body collectively even, what we have been blessed with, once we start realizing that, then we can move into this idea and this mentality of being thankful and realizing how good God has been to us. 
Now, last Sunday night, I went to the community-wide Thanksgiving service, and Pastor Hersey Hammonds, he had a great line, and I, and I was like, I'm going to steal that, so no credit to me. But he said, church, now, you can feel free to get your all, all your amens out. Get them out today because they're going to be stale by next week. So I'm just going to leave that, that I didn't come up with that. Pastor Hersey did, and I was like, I wanted to stand up and clap right then. I was like, that is the greatest Thing. They're going to be stale next week, so just let's, we can do this. But feel free to get excited because I think through this, and I, as I was preparing this message, God was saying, man, you have so much to be thankful for. Look and see all that I have done. And I got excited. So church, I hope that we all get excited this morning. But over the past few weeks, as I've been thinking of this, this idea of thanksgiving every day in every way, this idea of thanks, thankfulness, the hymn, Count Your Blessings, has been resonating within me. I'm not going to sing it, but it goes like this for those that don't know. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Or some, trans, or some versions say, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I love this thought that we start counting our blessings, and you may be like, man, that is way too many to count and list out, but I love that mentality there because as we start counting them, as we start naming them one by one, what we used to not think that we were grateful, we must used to think we weren't blessed, then we start thinking, God, you have been too good to me. You have blessed me, and I can't even count the ways. I can't even begin to list them out. Once we start counting our blessings, once we start examining our lives and how good our God has been to us, once we start listing those out, we can see on a greater scale, that our God is a great God, that our God blesses us, that our cup runneth over because of the blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon each and every one of us. When we start thinking in this way, it may surprise us that the Lord has done. We may be sitting there thinking, I don't have that great of a vehicle. It's being held together by zip ties and bailing wire, but it's getting you there. It's blocking you from this wind. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, my house makes noises when the wind blows. You have a shelter. You may be saying, my bank account doesn't show very much money, but there's some in there. Count our blessings. You may be saying, I don't have much to be grateful for. If we start counting them, we can be surprised and we can see what the Lord has done. But see, we live in this culture and this society that we live in today is not focused on what the Lord has done for each and every. It's not focused on how the Lord has blessed us. It's more focused on wanting more, this desire to have more, this desire to that's never satisfied. Yes, this culture that says that, yeah, you may have been blessed, but then it points out to the neighbor down the street that has been a little bit more blessed or that has a few more toys. Or maybe you're a Black Friday shop and I was one of those out there, I'll admit. Maybe you're walking through the chaoticness of Walmart and you see the shopping cart. Man, he's buying three TVs. I don't even have three rooms that have t need TV access, but Man, I need that. We live in this society that's always saying, you need more. Instead of saying, look and see what the Lord has done. Look at how he has lavished his love and his grace and his blessings upon each and every one of us. 
May we focus this season and from this day on. Don't let it end with New Year's. May we focus on what the Lord has done and how great he has been to us instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we still yet to desire. First Chronicles chapter 29, in verse 12, it says, Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. It's not just with material things that he has blessed us, but also those he has blessed us with. May we not just get wrapped up around how big of a house we have or how many possessions we have or what kind of vehicle or the clothes on our back, but also we can think about, be thankful for what we have and who we have in our lives, whom he has blessed us with. It is so easy in this culture, in this day and age, to take for granted our spouses, our children, our coworkers, our friends, our extended family, our in-laws, our everybody that God has blessed us with. The list goes on and on. So easy to take those for granted. But here's a thought that I had, and it was a very sobering thought for me. Do I let all of those know how thankful I am for them? Have I done a good job of letting all those people groups in my sphere, in my bubble, in my circle, have I done a good job letting them know that I am thankful that God has blessed them into my life? Have I let them know how thankful I am that God has given me the opportunity to have them in my circle? Do we tell them how much they mean to us? Do we share that with others? When was the last time in public that you bragged on your spouse? or your kids, or your in-laws, or the rest of your family, or your friends? When was the last time that you maybe embarrassed them as you're sitting around the table at a restaurant and been like, hey, tell your server, this person is awesome, and I want you to know how. I challenge you, do that today. Do, when you go to lunch, do that. How often do we let others know that we are thankful for them? I'm reminded how Paul was constantly mindful of the people in his life, how he was constantly thankful for the people in his life. The Christians in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 1, 4, it says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. I give thanks to my God always for you. I started looking at that verse and started examining it in my life, and I'm like, man, I give thanks for some people sometimes, whenever I think about it or whenever I have a down moment or whenever my schedule isn't too pressing. But I see Paul and he says, I give thanks to my God always for you. It's this constant mentality. Every day in every way I'm finding something to be thankful for. And he's saying these people in Corinth, I am thankful. I give praise and thanks to God for you. And then I love this. Paul also goes on in Acts 28. For a group of believers that have traveled to see him that he's never even met, they came and greet him. In verse 14 of Acts 28, it says, And so we came from Rome, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, they came from far, and seeing us, as seeing them, Paul, what does he do? Thanked God and took courage. Believers that had traveled to greet Paul, what does he do? He stops and says, God, thank you. Thank you for their impact on my life. Thank you for the influence in their culture. God, thank you. 
Are we grateful for those that intersect our lives? Are we thankful for those that intersect our lives no matter what the reasoning? Are we thankful for those that maybe are texting and driving and they smoke our vehicle and we're engaged in an accident then? Are we thankful for them or do we immediately turn to anger? Are we thankful for those that have the full shopping cart and you're in the express lane and they sure got more than 20 by several increments and they're right there in front of you? Are we thankful for them? Are we thankful for those that intersect our lives? Do we focus enough on them to even think about being grateful and thankful for them? Do we vocalize our gratefulness? Something I strive to do. I've got a lot to grow in that, but something I strive to do. What about those in our daily lives, those that, that are daily in our lives? Just thinking about what led up to today. Greg and his team leading us in worship. I am thankful. Miss Anita for she actually took that image on one of her runs and created these amazing graphics. I, for that, I am thankful. For Miss Ann and her team of ladies in office stuffed all these worship guides, I am thankful. For my wife, she helps me match my clothes and make sure I look appropriate whenever I go out of the house. For that, I am grateful and thankful. Men, that's when you go amen. For my daughter, though she's small, she makes me laugh and smile and be proud. For that, I am thankful. Those are just a few that I could list. There's not enough time for me to list even those, just those in this place that I'm thankful for. But not only just from this point do I do a great job of saying I'm thankful for you outside of this platform. Church, how well are we thinking? Are we thanking them? Are we thanking God for blessing us by putting them in our lives? And secondly, this one's tough. Thank God in the midst of trials and difficulties. You heard me right. Thank God in the midst of trials and difficulties when you're walking through the storm, when there's no sight of the end at all. Thanking God in the midst of trials and difficulties. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter where you've come from, you are going to experience some type of difficulties. In this life, you will experience some trials. You will experience some difficult. Jesus even says that in John 16. It says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We can be grateful, church, that Jesus says, yeah, you're going to have these issues, but you can praise me in the middle of those because take heart. I have overcome this world. I have overcome that trial that you're walking through. I have overcome those difficulties. I have overcome that diagnosis from the doctors. I have overcome those financial issues. I have overcome the world. And for that, we can say, thank you, Jesus. I praise you for that. None of us are exempt from experiencing these difficulties and trials. But here's what's going to set us apart. How we react to them. How we handle such circumstances. 
Do we focus on them or do we say, I'm standing firm in that promise of Jesus saying, I've overcome this so I can praise God that I'm walking through this because when I get to the other side, I can be a testimony for how good and grateful our God is that I've walked through this and I've survived it and I've made it through and I can encourage someone else. May we live that life of thankfulness. I'm going to be honest, this point was very hard for me to... uh, I walked through it this week. In fact, knowing what this message was going to be about, I'm going to admit I failed this week to be thankful in the midst of a trial and circumstance. So after going to visit some of our friends that just had a baby, we went and saw the the newborn baby, and we get home, and I found out my puppy had left us a gift in our bedroom, um, not one that was wrapped by any means, but... When we arrived home, I saw that our wonderful puppy left a gift, and this is where I struggled. I was not thankful in that circumstance. I was, I was thinking of lots of different things, but thankfulness was not one. And then after I got done cleaning it up, and I had to go share with my puppy that I didn't hate her, but in that moment, then God hit me. It was like, it's just carpet. It's smelly carpet, but it was just carpet. In that midst, though you may be like, man, that's not a, that's not a trial. That's a, in that moment, it was very trying. But in that moment, I failed to see, man, God has overcome even that. He has overcome my puppy's bowel movements and accidents in the house. You can tweet that if you want. But our God is greater in the grand scheme of things, some resolve in the carpet cleaner, and that took care of the problem. Why did I get so bent out of shape? I am so grateful that my puppy is somewhat trained enough that I don't have to lock her up in a crate every time we leave the house. I'm thankful that I have a place out of the elements for that sweet little, most of the time, sweet little dog. Are we thankful in all the circumstances that we find ourselves in? James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, whether it be puppy issues or something that is a diagnosis that's not looking very promising at all. It says, when you meet trials of various kinds, count it joy. May I refer back to what Jesus said I have overcome the world. May we be thankful in all circumstances, but not just be thankful. May we count it joy that we are getting to walk through this because walking through this is going to help us grow later on and we can be a testimony to someone else that is struggling through this. I came across a quote several years ago, and it says this, happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Christ. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Christ. You can be happy, and then though that emotion can be like a roller coaster, but may we have joy this season from this day forward. May we have joy because we've encountered the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. May we have joy because we've experienced his love and his mercy. May we have joy moving forward from this day on because we can be thankful in those trials because he has overcome the world. To experience this joy, 
And for it to flow from us, it must be dependent on Christ. There's no way we can manufacture it. There's no way we can conjure it up. There's no, Amazon Prime can't deliver that. It must depend on Christ. I'm reminded of Daniel chapter 6 real quick, and I'm amazed at this. We see Daniel was about to be promoted, and they set a trap for him, and King Darius made a decree saying that you shouldn't pray to any name of any god other than the king. And so in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, When Daniel knew that this document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber, opened towards Jerusalem, and what did he do? He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. He knew full well what the circumstances were. He knew full well what the outcome and the the consequences of this action could be. And in the midst of facing persecution, in the midst of facing punishment, he said, I don't even care. I'm going to throw open those windows and I'm going to pray and thank God to give thanks to my God because he is the only one that is worthy of that. When facing rebuke, ridicule, rejection, and punishment, he spent time thanking God. Church, we have a lot to learn from Daniel. Count our blessings. Verse 1 of that song says, When upon life's billows you are tempted, tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. May we thank God in the midst of our trials and difficulties. And thirdly, we must thank him for the gift of salvation. We must thank him for the gift of salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for this gift that is beyond expression, that is beyond comprehension, that is beyond any words that we could ever fathom or come up with. Thanks be to God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We deserve death because we have sinned, but the free gift of God. He says, here it is. I love you this much. I want to offer the salvation for you. Are we thankful for that? As I mentioned, Black Friday shopping, we were, we were talking about gifts, about buying for our nieces and nephews. And as we were waiting in the line that stretched all around Walmart, and as we were tunneling through to the register, we got thinking about these gifts that we were purchasing or that we still had yet to purchase. And then got thinking about these gifts will be used or played with for maybe a few months. It's a gift that is going to bring great excitement on the day that it is received. But after a couple months, after the newness is worn off, it will be put aside and maybe forgotten about. I couldn't help but wonder if this is the way that we sometimes feel about salvation. Is this sometimes the way that salvation, the gift of God, of eternal life in in our lives, 
Do we still have that excitement like a kid on Christmas morning ripping open to the packages and finding that the gift that they have longed for for like two weeks, but they've longed for and desired has finally arrived? Do we have that excitement or is it after we've played for it for a couple months and we've forgot about it? Church, may we truly be thankful and grateful year long about the gift of salvation that we have received. Though it said it was a free gift, it was very costly. It was a gift that cost so much. In fact, Jesus gave of himself, of his life in Romans 5. It says, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for us and the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare to even die. But God shows his, his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ die for us. Verse 9, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through the Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have been received reconciliation. Guys, the salvation that each and every one of us possess and have come to have came at the cost of Jesus' life. It is offered to us freely, but it came with a huge price. It cost Jesus his life. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus knew we were messed up. He knew that we didn't deserve it. In fact, it says that while we were enemies of him in verse 10, it says, yet he still gave everything. He still gave everything because he loves us. I don't know what you've been told by this world today, but let me tell you one thing for sure. You are loved. You are valued. You are important. You are loved so much so that Jesus would leave heaven, leave the eternal throne, come and live on this earth, go through incredible torture, and ultimately give up his life because that's how much he loves each and every one of you. He gave up his life for us. John 3, 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Church, have we experienced that love yet? Have we received salvation yet? If the answer is no, then that can happen today. Let not another day or moment pass. For Romans 10 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. No ifs, ands, buts, or anything like that. It's going to happen. There's not a mail-in rebate that you have to send for it to happen. It's going to happen there in the moment because of his love for each and every one of us. Thank God for the gift of salvation. And then lastly, thank God for his continued presence. Thank God for his continued presence in our lives. When we become new in Christ, it is not the end. It is the beginning. It is the beginning of life with him. It is the beginning of life with purpose. He is there with us, walking with us, walking before us. He wants to have that intimate relationship with us. 
He desires that. He longs for it. Jesus said in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Get this. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love this because no matter where you are, no matter where you go, he is there. And he's not going to leave. He's there walking with you. He's there talking with you. He's not going to leave or abandon you no matter what your family dynamic has always been. No matter what your financial situation is, he is there. No matter where you've come from, no matter where you're headed, he is there. I love Deuteronomy Chapter 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise straight from the word of God. We don't need a fear. We don't need to be in dread. We can be strong because it is the Lord who goes with us. It is the Lord walking with us. He is not going to leave us or forsake you. When the road gets tough, he's going to keep on trucking. When it gets hard and the difficulties come and there looks like there's no end in sight, he is there and he's not going anywhere. Have you thanked him? For how constant he is in your life. Have you thanked him for always being there and never turning away, never leaving? Have you thanked him lately? As I was thinking about this, as I was preparing for this, it was convicting me. I'm grateful for salvation, but how many times a day do I thank him for it? I am grateful for all the people and all the things he's blessed me with, but do I take time out of my schedule and say, God, thank you for who you are and what you've done. God, thank you that I don't have to walk alone, that you are always there. Have we thanked him lately? Every year in November, we as a country set aside a day for giving thanks. But Christians, here I am to tell you, and I'm preaching to myself this morning, that every day of the year could and should be a day of thanksgiving. I'm going to repeat that. For us believers, every day of the year should be a day of giving thanks, saying, God, thank you for another day to make a kingdom impact. God, thank you for another day to draw in breath and be about your goodness. God, thank you for another day, even though I'm hurting when I get out of bed, even though the doctors don't know what's going on, even though the checkbook is not looking good at all. God, thank you for another day and use me in a mighty way. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, do we give thanks always and for everything? Church, are we counting our blessings, naming them one by one? We can start by looking in your worship guide at the mortgage offering. We can start and look at this campus of what God is doing. We can start by thanking him for giving us breath. And though the wind's blowing, there's a freshness that's sweeping across. We can thank him for so many things. We just got to get started. He has been so, so good to us. 
Church, may we not take that for granted. May we not overlook that. Not only just this season, but from this day forward. May we give him thanks every day and in every way. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. God, we praise you for how good you are to us. We adore you. We worship you, Father. God, even when the the going is rough and tough, God, you are still there and you've walked the journey already and you're walking it with us. So God, we thank you for that. God, may you change us and may you make us mindful so that we may praise you and give you thanks publicly and privately throughout our day from this day forth because you have been so good to us. God, I thank you for that salvation, for loving me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for me so that we could have a relationship. And God, I pray that if there's someone in here in this place that has not received that, that today would be the day of salvation. That today would be the day that they encounter you fresh and new. So God, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Church, real quick. Make sure you invite someone. Grab one of these little guys. You may not want to put it out today until the wind dies down or it may blow back to the church. But um, and grab some invite cards. Grab a yard sign, at least one bundle of invite cards. Next week begins our Christmas series, message series. Invite someone, bring someone, and tell someone about Jesus. You are dismissed. Have a great week. Thank you.